the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Democratic spending bill being rushed through Congress will be destructive to the country. Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, more than anybody's ever even conceived of, most of it for junk programs that will only hurt our country. But the bottom line will always be a socialist transformation of America if they allow this to happen. Iowa is the state where the caucuses kick off the run for the presidential nomination. And Mr. Trump's stop in the state yesterday sparking more speculation that he may soon announce that he is running for the White House in 2024. Czech President Milos Zeman rushed to the hospital a day after the parliamentary election. He is needed in a key role to establish the new government. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Democrats push for record spending. I don't know what universe they're living in that they think spending this money we don't have right now on priorities we don't need right now is a good idea. Join us for our program. Sign up for our podcast at townhall.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11. Here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Thanks for tuning in to AM 1280 The Patriot. Your forecast for today, we're looking at partly sunny and a high of 71 with a low of 51 for tonight. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy and a high of 66 with a low of 56. The latest Clint Eastwood film, Cry Macho, is in theaters now, and we want to celebrate in a special way. Register daily at am1280thepatriot.com for your chance to win $1,000 cash, a quality brown suede jacket like the one worn by Clint in the film, a Clint Eastwood 40 film collector's edition box set, and a $50 Fandango movie gift card. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM-1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM-1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in on this uh, beautiful Sunday. It is the uh, second Sunday in October. Uh, but it uh, still feels like a, kind of a spring day out there. But if you're walking outside early in the morning, uh, it uh, definitely is fall. The leaves are around, and it's a beautiful fall morning this morning. Was that a complaint, by the way? Okay. All right. I always like to check when when Jacob's in, involved in a heavy phone call. Uh, even before the show starts, I'm like, oh, my gosh, are we getting complaints already? But uh, no, not so much. But, hey, bring the complaints. Bring the uh, condemnations or commendations. If you so desire, again, 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. Uh, I want to start off the show. It seems like I've been starting the show with something about uh, the Republican Party of Minnesota chair race. Of course, last Sunday uh, I had on the broadcast uh, newly elected chair David Hand. Of course, he's the interim chair, filling out the remainder of former chair Jennifer Carnahan's term. I think it ends at... uh, the end of 2022. Well, uh, former Chair Carnahan continues to want to insert herself in the news. And one of the things that she had talked about after resigning as Republican Party of Minnesota chair after voting herself 
uh, a nice $38,000 severance package was that she was going to consult a PR firm to try to kind of, you know, maybe enhance her image, repair her image. She didn't need, she doesn't feel her image needs rehab, but whatever. Uh, And she's also going to be getting out there and writing more opinion pieces, maybe op-ed pieces at the Star Tribune, maybe letters to the editor, what have you. And this past week, uh, specifically last Monday, she wrote a... Uh, letter to the editor, and I will read it here. Serving as chairwoman of the Republican Party of Minnesota has been one of the most incredible experiences of my lifetime. My four-and-a-half-year journey full of twists and turns, trials and tribulations, and experiences to last a lifetime has come to a close for now. I still find it difficult to believe, after being duly reelected to a historic third term in April with more than 67% of the vote, that I will not be finishing my term and leading the party in 2022 as chairwoman. Well, the past month has been one of the most arduous of my life. Um, well, nice luxury vacation to Spain must have um, at least assuaged that uh, those feelings, right? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, I am finally at peace with my decision to leave behind a position I love more than any job I've ever held before in my life. Oh, so she's finally uh, acquiescing to the fact that uh, um, she resigned. It wasn't a coordinated coup. Isn't that kind of the chanting point that we've been hearing uh, ever since uh, the Anton Lazaro arrest took place? Anyway, I'll finish up. Uh, I do so with a greater appreciation for the thousands who believe in me and help build the most successful Minnesota Republican Party in modern history. If success is measured by winning elections, um, then not so much. I I don't know what gauge she's uh, using successful, but... Anyways, I'm sorry, too many digressions here. Uh, Also, for the growth I made as a person and a leader since first elected this position, I can't believe how much has changed since my story began. On the day I was born, I was found abandoned on the back doorstep of a rural hospital in South Carolina next to a garbage dumpster. Drink. Five months later, I was adopted and became a Minnesotan and an American. I never could have imagined my life would take me from being a newborn in a South Korea orphanage being the first female and Asian American chair of either major political party in Minnesota to meeting the president of the United States. Thank you to the thousands who stand with me and continue to advocate for my forward path. Your kindness, love, and support me in the world with gratitude and appreciation for allowing this adopted Korean drink to live her American dream. Do you ever notice whenever she's writing opinion pieces now or whatever else, she always has to mention her background? We get it. Okay, Jennifer, you were you were born in Korea, abandoned and adopted by an American couple and became a full-blooded American and accomplished some wonderful things as an American. We, you know, no one's taking that away from you. And no one can dispute, hey, that is a a very compelling story from your humble beginnings to where you are now, but that does not excuse the complete trash fire that the state that became of the state party under your leadership. And I'm not, you know, and again, she continually also brings up how she was elected with more than 67% of the vote, trying to throw out those seeds out there. It's like, well, you know, I was elected with 67% of the vote, but I chose to resign. You know, whereas she was calling in a coordinated coup by the 33% who were against her reelection, which she never addressed. And it would help if an enterprising journalist actually asked this question is, hey, uh, well, if the party was flourished so much under your leadership. Why did all these uh, people who had longstanding solid reputations in the Republican party leave or be fired? And they were given $10,000 non-disclosure agreements, $10,000, which could have been going to something. Oh, I don't know, like winning elections, but yet she helped build the most successful Minnesota Republican Party in modern history. Well, what is her definition of success? I'd, I'd be dying to know because it sure as heck isn't winning statewide elections. And then on her uh, personal Facebook page a couple days later, she shared a letter from former Carver County Jer- uh, Chair Joe Plunk, uh, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, this, I guess, was also in the Star Tribune published in the Star Tribune, in her parting comments over her tenure as chairwoman of the Republican Party of Minnesota, Carnahan underscores the opportunity still available for all of us. She recalls her abandonment in Korea, drink, 
and the opportunities that resulted. But her story recounts something else that we will see all too often for public figures. This is the reality of the rush to judgment mentality. In Carnahan's example, the federal investigation and indictment of Tony Lazaro started a cascade of allegations, innuendos, and conjecture. First, there has been no link to Lazaro's alleged criminality to Carnahan, and no one has said as much. This case, however, began a firestorm of allegations by a small group of Republican insiders over improprieties of behavior and money handling. The same group failed in their attempt to unseat Carnahan as chair last spring, even though Carnahan won with 67% of the vote. They used the Lazaro affair to renew their efforts. I worked with a former chairwoman and her staff on many issues and always received the professional attention that I expected. Everyone has their management style, and we can disagree there. But at issue is not so much Carnahan, but the process that she, like so many others, was subjected to. Forcing her out before an investigation was concluded was wrong. Wait a minute. She just said she resigned, and she's at peace with her resignation. Why didn't she... I mean, there was no recourse to remove her because they needed two-thirds to remove her, two-thirds of the executive board, and that wasn't going to happen, but yet she resigned. Huh. Anyways, this is similar to police officers being labeled guilty before an investigation over a use of force incident can be concluded. This is akin to someone being sentenced to prison before a trial. This reality must stop because it is a deterrent for keeping good people from serving in public office. Newly elected Chairman David Hahn who, by the way, Jennifer Carnahan encouraged everybody to not vote for, and yet he still won, so maybe uh, the shine is wearing off her influence, who's to say, uh, indicates an audit and investigation is forthcoming. The problem is, once exonerated from culpability, where does uh, Carnahan go to get her reputation restored? We must make a serious effort to end the habit of judging people on unsubstantiated facts. Truth must be returned as our standard for judgment. This will restore the trust we need for public serv- servants of all parties' positions and responsibilities. Okay, a lot to unpack here, and I don't know if I'm going to get to all of it because I really don't want to spend more than this first segment on this. But I get absolutely sick and tired of this nonsense about, uh, you know, there was absolutely uh, uh, no evidence that uh, she has been linked to Anton Lazaro's alleged criminality. Well, no one, no one has ever said that. No one serious has ever said that. But the problem is, had she remained chair, and as the Lazaro trial dragged on, and once he will inevitably be found guilty, in my opinion, okay, it's always they're always going to mention, well, he's a mega donor to the Minnesota Republican Party. And it's going to make the party even more radioactive than it had been. And guess what? People are not going to donate to the Republican Party. Once again, the state party will not be able to support statewide candidates. And guess what? Our losing streak in statewide races, which has been is 15 years and counting now, will likely continue. So the point of forcing her out was not so was had nothing to do with did she know about Lazaro's criminal criminal activities was that her relationship to him was going to be a distraction of the party and was going to deter the party from winning from helping statewide candidates win elections. Because all people are going to see is like wait a minute that uh creepy guy that uh, you know say next year once he's probably likely convicted, you know, that creepy guy that got convicted of sex trafficking, you know, he had a relationship with a Republican. Well, I'm not voting anything with an R next to it. I mean, it's tough enough for Republicans to win in the state when all things are equal. But then when you have stuff thrown on top of this, plus there came stories about why are you giving out $10,000 nondisclosure agreements to employees leaving the party? If everything's on the up and up, why would you want to buy their silence? And, you know, the common re, the common refrain is, wow, you know, this is common in business where, you know, we don't businesses don't want their trade secrets to get out. So they may they give uh, departing employees money in order to not say anything, in order not to give away trade secrets. Well, that's legit. But this wasn't about trade secrets. This was about hush money, not talking about the toxic management style that was taking place. And several people who used to work for the party and were released from their NDAs, came out and said this was what was going on. Now, if delegates had been able to hear about what Carnahan's management style was like, particularly during her the ineptitude of the 2020 uh, elections, would she have got 67%? Who's to say? But this idea, like, well, I can't, how could I be forced out despite getting 67% of the vote? Well, did, the, did these people understand what was going on? 
That's a rhetorical question. Of course they didn't. And her dismissal of her relationship to Anton Lazaro, and, and again, a lot of her apologists were going with this chanting point too. Well, you know, how can how can the Republicans know the background of every donor? Well, this just wasn't this wasn't just another donor. This was a guy who was at her bachelorette party. This was a guy who was at her wedding to Congressman Jim Hagedorn, a wedding that was not very heavily attended. Okay, it was a pretty exclusive guest list. And he was one of the guests there. There are photographs with him, with uh, Congressman Hagedorn and Jennifer Carnahan at a, at, at a football game, Vikings game. Okay, he did a podcast with Jennifer Carnahan, this Anton Lazaro. So did this idea that he, well, I, you know, he was just some other donor is, is bullpucky. But yet we're continuing to go with this, these chanting points for these Carnahan apologists who are coming out and defending her. And they come up with these straw man arguments about, well, there's no link to, her, to his criminality. Again, no one is saying that. But this is a classic case of, you know, trying to run a, a kind of a uh, you know, misdirection play here. And no enterprising journalists are asking her any tough questions because they're either A, maybe allies of Carnahan, or B, are such anti-Republican that they realize Carnahan remaining in power as chair of the Republican Party helps the Democrats. So, of course, they're going to want to let her kind of uh, hang herself, so to speak. Uh, th- th- this is just all uh, complete nonsense, you know, and, and I'm grateful that uh, um, we do have a new party chair, an interim chair, that hopefully uh, can move forward. And there's some good people that have decided to remain on in the state party to help uh, current chair David Han. And let's break this, uh, you know, this streak. Again, I'm not a Republican, but I vote for a lot of Republican candidates. And there are going to be some very solid statewide candidates running in 2022. And a strong state party can definitely go a long way in helping break that long losing streak. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in, you can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments with another segment. Go nowhere. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group. It's the end of the grilling season, and Premier Pool and Spa has huge deals right now on all their Louisiana grills. No way. You mean like when they sell the toques for cheap during the spring because you don't really need them to cover your noggin when the weather's warming up, right? Absolutely correct, bro. Oh, but wait a minute. Fall's like prime smoking season. You can still grill and smoke year-round with the Louisiana Grill, right? You know it. The Louisiana Pellet Grill from Premier Pool and Spa is both a grill and a smoker. And they got these amazing winter smoker covers, so you can even use them when it's like below zero. So the grilling season never really ends, but I still get those low-end-of-season prices, right? You got it, plus a free 40-pound bag of pellets with your purchase and free bucket liners and a fancy grill cover if you buy one of the top-of-the-line models. Hey, so 
don't wait. Get your own Made in America Louisiana Grill at end-of-season prices, plus all those extra goodies at Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen. Louisiana Grills, you deserve it. Your feet will stay warm in the cooler weather with insulated waterproof boots from Chet's Shoes. Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and make sure you have the right boots for whatever you're doing. Whether you need safety or regular toe styles, the friendly specialists at Chet's Shoes know what will work for you. Shop a local 70-year family-owned store. Visit their Spring Lake Park location or online at Chet'sShoes.com. Remember, Chet's mobile shoe service can bring the store to you. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Welcome back. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network, with me, Brad Carlson. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Always, we appreciate you tuning in. And by the way, we are live streaming at our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, follow us along on Facebook. And we are doing the live stream. I'm waving the camera right now. And Wild Wilson, one of our uh, loyal listeners, uh, checking in. In the comments section, Wild, we appreciate you listening as always, sir. And appreciate you, everybody, that uh, tunes in. Thank you so much. And it was great seeing a lot of folks at the uh, Patriot Gala, the 20th anniversary gala this past Wednesday down in Burnsville. Uh, It was Dennis Prager, Charlie Kirk, the keynote speakers. Phenomenal event. I may talk about that a little bit later, but so good to be back around our people again. Uh, continuing on some local issues, you may have heard about this uh, in down in Shakopee. This is from a... Care 11 story. You're, uh, by the way, before we get into the story, you, you've been hearing a lot about parents, disgruntled parents, going to school board meetings and taking exception with some of the policies that school districts are implementing, maybe some of the curriculum that is being taught. You know, parents should have a say in what their kids are being taught, despite what uh, Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe, I mean McAuliffe says. And these parents are now being labeled as domestic terrorists in some circles. And you may get dismissive. Well, you know, that's this left-wing progressive media that's calling them domestic terrorists. We not, ought not to prop them up any more than, than uh, they deserve. Yeah, well, now it's the United States Attorney General. Oh, yeah, we're getting into that uh, and probably the next segment. But this is from a CARE 11 story. Uh, the latest school board meeting in Shakopee featured parents speaking passionately about the district's mask policy. In a Facebook comment written by a single parent, Tara McNeely, afterwards criticizing a school board member during the discussion, now could cost her her job. I was in shock. I couldn't believe it, McNeely said. Tara is a personal banker for Hometown Bank, which has a branch inside Shakopee High School. Tara mentors a couple of interns there and has spoken in classrooms in the past about financial literacy. Uh, kind of intertwining with the students and helping them just gain more knowledge as to how the real world really works, McNeely said. After last week's board meeting, Tara wrote a Facebook comment referring to the body language of the board chair while Tara's friend with a hearing-impaired daughter was speaking on the mask issue. And here's what the Facebook post said. Again, this was uh, Tara McNeely opining on the school board meeting. I believe this was on the uh, on the Facebook page for this Shakopee School District, I believe, was the situation. I personally was really disappointed in board member Christy Peterson tonight. She was turning around to watch the clock time while Amanda was speaking about her daughter's struggle with her disability and masking. So rude. I know that most people don't have ill will toward these children, but that lady has showed she has no heart. Who does that? So then in video of the September 27 board meeting, Peterson can be seen turning her head multiple times, but it is unclear what she was looking at. In response to the Facebook comment, Shakopee Superintendent Mike Redmond wrote a letter to Tara's boss at Hometown Bank saying the characterization in this post is untrue. If this same post were made by an employee of Shakopee's public schools, it would be considered insubordination, and the event would be referred to our Human Resources Department for appropriate disciplinary action. 
Okay, I'm just taking a just taking a minute to gather myself here because this is just absolutely infuriating. Um, first off, the Facebook post that Miss McNeely wrote, saying that the board president, board member Christy Peterson, has no heart because she was looking at the clock while this parent was giving testimony. The school superintendent came out and said, well, the characterization of the post is untrue. Couldn't you have just responded to Miss McNeely's Facebook post with clarification, saying, Miss McNeely, you're completely characterizing what happened there. Here's what really happened. Because guess what? The audience who is seeing Christy Peterson's Facebook post can also see your reply with clarification. But your first inclination is to write to this woman's employer? Why? The answer is obvious why. Because you think that this woman, with her mischaracterization, is, oh, I don't know, I don't know what this Mr. This Superintendent Redmond thinks. Maybe he thinks that she's unstable or this is... Uh, stoking the fire or stoking anger, and therefore this woman who's doing this, uh, her employer needs to know what kind of person they're employing. Now, again, this hometown bank has a relationship with the school because they have a branch within within the actual physical high school. This, This is where we are today, folks. Parents going to school board meetings, parents of students who attend these schools. Okay, so we always, we always, hear so many complaints from educators about we wish the parents would get involved a little bit more. I'm dying out here. I'm trying to teach this kid. This kid is acting up. I reach out to the parent. They don't answer my email. They don't answer my phone call. They never come to conferences. But then these parents finally show up at school board meetings, air their grievances, and yeah, they're going to be a little bit passionate. Yeah, they're probably going to raise their voice a little bit because these are their kids. Some of these parents, I'd argue a vast majority of the parents, take the responsibility of being a parent very seriously and want to see their kid with an opportunity to get a good education. So if they have questions about the curriculum that's being taught, yeah, they should be able to air these grievances at these school board meetings. And oh, guess what? They're taxpayers. They're also funding this education. So again, they have every right to speak speak up. Well, even if they weren't paying tax dollars, okay, called First Amendment of the Constitution, you have a right to criticize your elected officials without fear of retribution. But again, what what strikes me is how this superintendent, his first instinct is to go to this woman's employer instead of providing a simple clarification on what was an innocuous Facebook post. I mean, it it wasn't like this, uh, this Tara McNeely was swearing and cursing this Christy Peterson's name. No, she was just saying... How rude is that? She's turning around watching the clock while this parents was 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 speaking. And accused her of having no heart. Now, okay, if the superintendent took exception with that, if maybe the superintendent knows this board member and takes exception to what he deemed a character assassination. Fine. Provide a clarification in the same in the, in the same venue. Then you're assured that everybody who saw Tara McNeely's post can then see your response. But to go to this woman's employer, that's ridiculous. And here's here's another one. Well, you know, this would be considered insubordination if an employee of uh, Shakopee Public Schools did this. She's not an employee! How does that factor into this? That, ooh, I don't care how an employee would be, would be, what an employee would be subject to. This is a parent who pays tax dollars in this district. This is just absolutely infuriating. And turns out this Tara McNeely has been suspended for two weeks from her job uh, without pay. And, uh, you know, impending an investigation. And apparently she's not allowed in the school anymore. Remember, she would come into the school and teach the kids about financial literacy. Yeah, because, you know, no young person could benefit from financial literacy today, could they? 
But now she's not even allowed in school anymore. The only time she's allowed on school grounds now is to come pick up her own kids, and that's it. Over a Facebook post where she was questioning a board member's attentiveness to a parent that was speaking. So we'll have a lot more to say about this. And, yeah, this this uh, delves in uh, nicely to uh, the next uh, issue we'll talk about, which is the United States Attorney General weaponizing his office against parents who show up at school board meetings angry. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID 1282321, equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no closing cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Are you the principal or leader of a Christian or Catholic school? Would you like to fill the empty seats in your classrooms for no cash out of pocket? TwinCitiesTuitions.com would like to team up with you on our tuition program for first-year students. You'll be part of a marketing campaign to raise awareness about your school and gain new students for next year and beyond. Again, at no cash investment for your school. Get details by logging on to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member and of And I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air proud Air. to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Do you need a new battery for your lawnmower, boat, or motorcycle? Full Service Battery offers the lowest prices on batteries in town. Need batteries for your golf cart? Full Service Battery will recycle your old ones and even install the new batteries. Let local family-owned Full Service Battery put their over 20 years of experience to work for you. They can even custom build a battery cable if you need it. There's only one name you need to remember for batteries, and that's Full Service Battery. Search them online, Full Service Battery. Welcome back. M1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for always shooting in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And we are also live streaming the broadcast at our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and uh, we are broadcasting, again, live stream. I'm waving in the camera as we speak right now. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And if, you have to, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, well after the show has taken place, thank you as well. We will uh, take listeners of, uh, at any t- point in time. We prefer you listen live because we love the interaction of the listeners, of course. But uh, we appreciate you tuning in 
any method possible. Uh, continuing the um, kind of the talking points here of our betters, they consider us our betters, our elected officials, uh, basically weaponizing, using their power to suppress speech. We talked about in Shakopee where a woman in an innocuous Facebook post said, called out a board member saying that this board member wasn't even paying attention to another woman giving testimony. How rude was that? And the school superintendent, instead of clarifying on the Facebook post, no, that's not what happened, wrote a letter to this woman's employer. And now this woman is on a uh, two-week suspension from her job without pay, pending investigation. And this is in line with the uh, memorandum handed down by the Attorney General Merrick Garland, uh, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, this past Monday. This was uh, a memo for the FBI as well as Executive Office for U.S. Attorneys and the Assistant Attorney General. In recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. While spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our Constitution, and in his mind Merrick Garland is saying, damn the luck anyways, uh, that protection does not extend to threats of violence or efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. Threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. Those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring that our children receive a proper education in a safe environment deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. The department takes these incidents seriously and is committed to using its authority and resources to discourage these threats uh, and identify them when they occur and prosecute them when appropriate. In the coming days, the department will announce a series of measures designed to address the rise in criminal conduct directed toward school personnel. Coordination and partnership with local law enforcement is critical to implementing these measures for the benefit of our nation's nearly 14,000 public school districts. To this end, I am directing the FBI, working with the United States Attorney, to convene meetings with federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial leaders in each federal judicial district within 30 days of the issue of this memorandum. These meetings will facilitate the discussion of strategies for addressing threats against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff, and will open dedicated lines of communication for threat reporting, assessment, and response. The department is steadfast in its commitment to protect all people in the United States from violence, threats of violence, and other forms of intimidation and harassment. Okay, um, this is couple things. First, I don't think anyone can disagree that if you threaten somebody with bodily harm, given the position they're in or given that you don't like the things they're doing and saying, okay, that's wrong. And we've seen also video footage. Uh, I think it was, I, was it Virginia maybe? Don't remember the state, but there was a bunch of people protesting outside of school member, school board members' home. Don't do that. All right. We rightly condemned John Thompson and other members of Black Lives Matter last year when they stood outside the home of then uh, police, Minneapolis Police Union head Bob Kroll outside his home in Hugo, Minnesota, and they were shouting obscenities at neighbors and whatnot. We rightly condemn that. Okay? Don't go to people's homes. This this isn't complicated. And, and don't give me the semantics about, well, you know, they're on the sidewalk. That's te- technically public property. That's not productive nor helpful. Continue to go to these school board meetings. Be passionate in your testimony. But don't go to people's homes. All right? Just don't. And if you're sending threatening letters, threatening someone with bodily harm, again, don't do that. That's not helpful to the discourse. I understand you're angry. You're upset. Right? I, I totally understand that. Some of the stuff that's trying to be put through in the curriculum in some of these school districts, yeah, you need to fight with every fiber of your being and threaten these people in the right way. Threaten to pull your kids out of the schools. Okay? Because now we're hearing of some school districts, I think it's is it St. Paul? I think it's St. Paul need to start consolidating schools because there's a mass exodus out of the St. Paul public school system. All right? That's where you're going to really get people's attention. But this, but where do, who gets to decide 
what is harassment and intimidation? And is that technically a crime? Harassment? And who gets to de- who gets to decide what the definition is? By the by the person by the school board member who feels intimidated by a parent who's passionate and angry but doesn't issue threats? Not really sure. Well, for purposes of full disclosure, uh, that's my wife online too. She is an uh, she is an educator, and we, you know, my wife and I talk a lot about this stuff. So I imagine she has a few things to say. Yes, the fetching business Carlson uh, joins us. She is joining us via line too. Babe, go ahead. Hello, and I so rarely call in, but you know, this is something near and dear to my heart that I just couldn't couldn't be quiet about. Um, we talk so much about this at home, and yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, there is a, what I'm worried about is that people are finally waking up, and the waking up process is where all this craziness is coming from. Um, <laughs> Americans have forgotten how public schools are supposed to work. I mean, you, you run the, your own schools. People live in their neighborhoods. They pay their taxes to the local school district. You are supposed to elect school board members, and you are supposed to know who is there and what they're doing. Um, and what's happened over time is people have gone, okay, I'm going to give my money, and you take care of my kids, and they send them to us to take care of their kids. Now, all of a sudden, people are like, hey, we don't like some of these things that we're seeing and hearing about, and they're showing up at these meetings. And they don't understand how they run. So a lot of the decisions that are being made happen in work sessions behind closed doors. And then they come out to the public meeting and they vote on things publicly. And so that's the wrong time. It's the wrong time to be um, saying something and doing something because the decisions are done. And so that's the worry I have. It's like people don't understand and they've forgotten how this is all supposed to work. And you know, teachers, you know me, very much welcome parental input, whatever uh, form it comes in. And I love it when parents get involved and with me about their kids. Um, you know, and I just don't think that school board members, too, are used to people being so passionate and speaking out. No, hardly anybody goes to these schools anymore. Right. So they're used to coming out and having their little public meeting with two or three people in the audience and, and the cameras on them because a lot of this is put on closed circuit TV or you know, put out on cable or whatever, and that's the end of it. So they're interpreting this passion that people have and anger over masks and over certain things in the curriculum or even just things they think are in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And they're misinterpreting it as a threat or misinterpreting it as violent. And so I have big concerns, obviously, about the federal government getting involved. That needs to be nipped immediately, immediately. They have no place in our public schools none so anyway there's my rant which you've probably heard at home <laughs> absolutely no that <laughs> i appreciate yeah i appreciate that babe thanks for calling yeah and you know and i want to share that with our listeners obviously yeah my wife and i discuss a lot of this stuff at home um at, you know at the very at the very minimum because she is an educator so uh yeah we appreciate the call the, but the thing I'm concerned about is this is this is used as a cudgel to discourage uh, people, parents showing up to these school board meetings because now all of a sudden there's seeds of doubt planted in their minds. Like, whoa, well, what if what if my passionate diatribe at a school board meeting gets misinterpreted as harassment or intimidation? I don't want the federal government coming after me. This is nothing but an uh, just. I'm sorry. I'm going to call it what it is: mafioso tactics. You know, nice little, uh, nice little um, school district you got there. Nice little uh, school board speech you got there. Be ashamed if something happened to it. You know that sort of thing. That that's my concern. And oh, by the way, um, the fact that uh, Merrick Garland says that the feds have this kind of jurisdiction in uh, in these school districts. Well, Andrew C. McCarthy who's a writer for National View and used to be a U.S. attorney, uh, disputes that heavily. And I'll read part of his piece. There is no general federal police power. We were uh, able to convict. This is uh, when, well, in fact, in fact, I'm sorry, let me back up um, to further this piece to give it more context. Uh, Merrick Garland well knows, as he and Clinton officials stressed this to me uh, 30 years ago, 
that in the incitement context, the First Amendment protects speech unless it unambiguously calls for the use of force that the speaker clearly intends under circumstances in which the likelihood of violence is real and imminent. Okay, that's, a, that's an important context here because these are parents that are going to work every day, trying to earn a living, trying to make ends meet. And, oh, yeah, when they finally sit down with their kids and, and they're like, you are teaching, you're getting taught what? And what are they saying? Okay, are these really domestic terrorists? Are these really people that you think would follow through on passionate rhetoric that would lead to violence? So anyways, uh, even the actual, this Andrew C. McCarthy, even actual quote-unquote threats of violence are not actionable unless they meet this high threshold. A fortiori, the First Amendment fully protects speech evincing efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. As long as such speech does not constitute a clear and eminent threat to do violence if the individual acts on his or her views, there is no incitement and hence no law enforcement interest to vindicate. And in particular, there is no federal law enforcement interest to vindicate. Under the Congressional Statute Criminalizing Incitement, which is Section 373 of the Penal Law Solicitation to Commit a Crime of Violence, even an actual threat of violence is not actionable unless the speaker has called for, quote, physical force against property or against the person of another in violation of, of the laws of the United States. And look, this is a Andrew C. McCarthy, he hits it right on the head. Even Merrick Garland knows this. But putting out this letter and having and saying the FBI needs to investigate, it's it's sheer intimidation tactics. That's all it is. It's trying to discourage parents from coming to these meetings. You know why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. Number one is, well, you know, Merrick Garland is a far left progressive. Okay, thank God that uh, he's nomination of the Supreme Court was blocked back in 2016. But also, also get this, uh, Merrick Garland's daughter, Rebecca Garland, is married to Zan Tanner, who is co-founder of the Boston-based Panorama Education, a company that collects social and emotional data from students in grades K through 12. And also, his company distributes material supporting Drum roll, please. Critical race theory. There you have it. So the United States Attorney General, there's a conflict of interest here. Okay? He is basically using intimidation tactics against these parents protesting a curriculum that his son-in-law profits from. Don't you think that looks a little fishy? Absolutely it does. And that needs to absolutely be called out. Uh, We warned you this would happen. This is what Obamaites uh, have a tendency to do. They weaponize their offices for political gain. So for those who were chortling about this uh, when Trump was president for four years, uh, turns out it was just your classic projection. If Dan from Invergrove Heights is still on the line, uh, we will take his call. Uh, this final segment coming up this hour, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. Late one night I heard a knock on my door. No surprise, it was my landlord. AM 1280, The Patriot. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Skilled trade workers are the backbone of every community and also the Army National Guard. Soldiers trained to keep the power flowing, engines running, and in every other trade needed to accomplish the mission. These soldiers are on the fast track to learning skills that can set them up for success at home with companies looking to hire the best. Their resumes are being built through their paid training and part-time service. Find out how you too can learn a trade profession by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Fall is one of my favorite times of the year. Having to wear that light jacket, the leaves are turning, football. But one of my favorite things is hanging out in the backyard and having that bonfire. Well, maybe you're saying to yourself, well, I don't have a backyard. 
maybe now's the time to buy a house and get that backyard. Enjoy that time with family and friends back there. And you can do that with United Faith Mortgage. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here for United Faith Mortgage. And buying a home is a big deal. And while it sounds cliche, it's true. Our homes have never been more important. A new home brings a lot of beauty, tucking your kids into their new bed for the first time and enjoying that bonfire or first cookout in the backyard. But all that process can be a big deal. At United Faith Mortgage, they can help. It's their job to eliminate the stress and use their direct lender advantage to make sure you're paying the least amount possible for your new home. And right now, they'll pay your appraisal fees as well. That's up to $500. So visit UnitedFaithMortgage.com. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. NMLS number 1330. Ryan Vrecka, NMLS number 65233. Have you been charged with a gun crime? Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Contact us for a free consultation at keganlawoffice.com. I'm sure glad you're my sister, Addie. Yep, you're my best buddy. Mom says you were their little surprise. What would we do without you? Well, you'll probably get your own gum. Yeah, that's true, but you're worth it. Hello, my name is Carrie. I work with Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives to abortion or needs post-abortion assistance or would like to support the life-saving work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 366-7773 or check us out online at prolifeacrossamerica.org Pro-Life Across America Educational, non-political and tax deductible A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception Pro-Life Across America The Billboard People Hold on little girl Show me what he's done to you Hey, welcome back. AM 12, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Wrapping up this hour, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. Only got about five minutes left this particular hour. Is Dan still with us? Okay, well, Dan from Invergrove Heights. Dan, I appreciate your patience. Thank you for holding. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Thank you, Brad. It's a pleasure to speak with you always. Um, there's a couple of issues that I had on my mind. Uh, one was I really wanted to ask you your opinion of the uh, website uh, globalcovidsummit.org. Uh, it's Not got a uh, okay. Well, um, if you ch- if you check it out, you're going to see a physician's declaration by over uh, 11,400 doctors and scientists that have signed the Rome Declaration, um, and it's uh, quite a document. Uh, Concerning COVID-19, and it's, uh, I, I, you know, if I had to sum it up, I would basically say these doctors are uh, united and loyal to the Hippocratic Oath, and they're compelled to declare a lot of whereases and a lot of resolutions, uh, resolves, and uh, one of them, uh, you know, if I was going to pick out one, um, they, they're saying that uh, they believe in the importance of the physician-patient relationship, the ability to be active participants in their care to demand access to science-based medical care. And, uh, you know, they're, they're having all these doctors uh, and, and scientists, uh, you know, sign this thing. They're saying um, the policies are actually constituting crimes against humanity that's going on with the politics of uh, the COVID-19 insistence on this uh, vaccine and uh, disregard of therapeutics. And I'm summarizing it, but anyone can read it directly. It's very, very concise. Um, And then the other, well, you're not familiar with it, so you can't give me your opinion on it. But but the other thing I wanted to get your opinion on, and I'm just using as a springboard, the recent uh, uh, murder last night in uh, downtown St. Paul, where uh, one uh, young woman, God bless her, was uh, murdered, and uh, 14 other people were injured, according to Todd Axel, the St. Paul police chief. You can read it in the— Yeah, uh, that I've heard uh, about. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for the call, Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've actually been to that uh, facility before the uh, 7th Street Truck Park. A friend of mine who's a musician was playing there. This was like three years ago. Yeah, it's pretty out in the open, and, um, yeah, they did arrest three individuals uh, who— perpetrated this uh, particular shooting. Yeah, one uh, young woman, 27 years old, tragically uh, passed away. 
Um, yeah, it's a sad situation, and of course it didn't uh, prevent the shrill and unaccomplished Betty McCollum from uh, demigoding, uh gun violence. Um, you know, never mind, this is, sets a record for, this uh, matches the record for homicides in St. Paul, which was set in 1992. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna focus on that. We're just gonna focus on an inanimate object. But that's what uh, the shrill and unaccomplished Betty McCollum usually does uh, when she gets rubber stamped through uh, re-election. So tragic situation all around. Yeah, the Pioneer Press has the details that they did arrest three men. Uh, Bob and Shoreview. Bob, we only got about a minute, minute and a half. Go ahead. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Oh yeah, back to your original topic. Uh, you know, these the school boards are accusing these parents of inciting violence. But in a way, when they teach these lies of critical race theory, they are inciting and promoting divisions. They're inciting violence in an indirect way, a little more subtle and more indirect. But they're going to stir up hatred of one race against another. So they are doing the very thing that they're accusing these parents of. That's what I have to say about it. Yeah, thanks, Bob. We appreciate it. Uh, sounds like uh, you were citing uh, uh, Mitch P. Berg's uh, seventh law of progressive projection, whereas if a progressive questions a conservative's uh, liberty, ethics, or love of country, uh, they are at best projecting and at worst drawing attention away from their own misdeeds. And that's exactly, yeah, this is exactly what's going on here. I mean, uh, first and foremost, above everything else, the parents should have every right to speak their minds and say, look, if you're not going to listen to us, you know, we believe our kids should be taught English and American history, all forms of American history. See, this is this is the one of the biggest straw men that is thrown out there. It's like, well, you don't want uh, you don't want critical race theory in the schools. Well, well, you don't want you don't want your kids to learn about slavery. You know, you don't want to learn about the racist history of racist history of this country. You know, and that and that's such a straw man, because no, of course we want to learn all about American history in its entire broad context, not just how evil American it America is. But unfortunately, that's what's getting into our schools a lot is teachers who just have this ill will towards America or this distorted view of America. And yeah, our country has had its ills, and it's not it doesn't have a perfect history, no doubt about it. But we need to learn about it in its entire context. And CRT ain't it. And that's what parents have a big objection to. So, Bob, appreciate the call. Uh, Folks, that's hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Your feet will stay warm in the cooler weather with insulated waterproof boots from Chet's Shoes. Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and make sure you have the right boots for whatever you're doing. Whether you need safety or regular toe styles, the friendly specialists at Chet's Shoes know what will work for you. Shop a local 70-year family-owned store. Visit their Spring Lake Park location or online at Chet'sShoes.com. Remember, Chet's mobile shoe service can bring the store to you. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. 3853. From director Clint Eastwood comes Cry Macho, the story of being lost. You want me to go down there and kidnap him? Please. And found. Don't miss the Salem Radio Cry Macho sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win $1,000, a Clint Eastwood DVD library, and more. See Cry Macho in theaters and HBO Max. Now playing. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Register today at am1280thepatriot.com slash macho. 
Have you recently received a quote for an exterior home improvement project that was so high it made you seriously consider selling the house instead? In today's market, it's more important than ever to get multiple bids to make sure you're getting the best possible prices on any investment in your home. I'm Ryan with my three quotes. Not only can I provide you the most competitive bids in the Twin Cities for free, but I can guarantee it will be the quickest and easiest way to get them. Whether you need siding, roofing, or windows, I will personally come to your house for a short meeting so we can determine which name brands make the most sense for you and your house. And I'm all about multiple options, so you can have a variety of price points to choose from. A few days later, you'll receive an email from me with the bids attached. I've done the homework on brands and contractors, so you don't have to. It's that simple. No salespeople, no pressure, and no obligation to buy. To set up one short meeting with me, visit GetMy3Quotes.com. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. Celebrating two decades on air, this is... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.